Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Therapy Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Sarah Burnett, and I'm here with my mom, P.D. Silvera. And together, we created this podcast to help you navigate the world of mental health and wellness through understanding the mind, body, and soul connection. Together, we want to create a healing space to dive deep into the everyday challenges we see our clients experience the most and offer you our best healing strategies in a tangible, fun, and authentic way. I can't wait. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Sarah. And I'm Petey. (laughs) And we're on episode 51, What is the Next Normal in 2022 with Mental Health Concerns? Mm. That is so such a good question, isn't it, Sarah? <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a big shift from the new normal to the next normal. And people are seemingly trying to like drop into what's going on. So I know. I think it's good. I do too. I do too. And I know there's some next normals for us going on, aren't there? <laughs> yeah. So that rolls right into our what's new because we made a big decision. We did. We made a big decision because we were both having sleepless nights. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we were. (laughs) Feeling the stress of planning this big retreat. (laughs) Having technical challenges. Website redesigns. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we had announced the, our first cruise launching in May. And as mm-hmm. it became within that two month window, and we just couldn't get things aligned properly with like the details and logistics of what it means to book with a big cruise line. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's very different much, than renting an Airbnb. Yes. Yeah. Much bigger mm-hmm. project than we had anticipated. Mm-hmm. So I think it was that one day at lunch, you and I looked at each other and you said, <laughs> Isn't it time to get messages from spirit mom? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we both had a, had a intuition about it, but I do love the messages from spirit. And those who don't know, that's when mom goes into her meditation and she, she journals a little bit, but that's what's going on through her conscious mind. And then goes into a meditative space and channels from her team on the other side and her spirit guides messages. Right. Right. So we thought we'd just start and uh, read you part of the messages. <laughs> yeah, I think it's perfect because it really gave confirmation of what we already felt. Yeah. So in a this really is part different of the way. messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they said, it is important for you now to feel in balance. There are forces out there that are pulling your energies in many directions and to come back to us on a weekly basis. So we reframe everything, as you say, is most helpful for your psyche. The cruise for you is just that. It's a cruise for you to get started. You have built a certain momentum to get people interested in your concept. And that has been the purpose of this exercise. It has gotten people's attention and interest, which will serve you well for your next endeavor. Postponing the cruise until August is fine. If this makes you and Sarah more restful, then it serves you well to do this. If you could do it in May and not feel so stressed, then it would serve you to do it in May. You are mere mortal and that we understand. That's right. In the, in the human body, there are limitations as to what you can manifest and how fast you are able to do it. We know on our side, it is merely a thought and it is happening. It takes much more effort and work on your side to manifest what your heart desires. It is the way your lifetime works. So if you are stressed, postpone it until August, and then you will be confident of your path in this arena. It is the arena that will get your messages heard around the world. Finding the right marketing person will bring relief to you both. You can put that piece in their hands and have confidence it will all unfold as it needs to unfold. Just as you put the website in Christy's hands and she's manifesting your intentions. Set your intentions for the right marketing person to walk into your world and they will. We are with you and will be guiding their path to you. And yes, you and Ron need to go to Portugal. You need this respite from working so very hard. 
It will clear out the tiredness and refresh you for the next part of your journey. All will go smoothly for your trip to Portugal. (laughs) Such validation. (laughs) So I sent this to Sarah. (laughs) Big old relief. I know. And we both said, okay, let's refund the people that have signed up because we're we're only a week in and we're like, if we do it now, this will work. And yeah. And I I think this is our next normal for us, right? Totally. And I mean, so for, and when we decided, I think everything felt like it made sense. You know, when we, yes, we talked to our contact at um, Carnival and we switched to now August 21st is our launch out of Seattle and we're going to Alaska. Yes. And she <laughs> couldn't have been our, the person in our contact was so excited. I mean, like, she's like, this is the best cruise. This is what everybody goes for. This is the bucket list cruise. This is yep. brand new ship. Brand new ship. <laughs> 2022. I know. She said it is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And, you know, she goes on these cruises and she said, it's the best. It's the best of the best. You know, I mean, I mean, and honestly, coming from Florida, going to Alaska in the dead of a Florida summer, (laughs) 50 and 60 degree weather kind of sounds like heaven to me, Sarah. I know. know. And what's cool about it is almost all the rooms have a balcony, you know, there's an inside state room. It's not one, there's not ones with ocean view, but then it goes right from interior to balcony. And so you can like, for all of us, especially coming from Florida to be able to go on the cruise and like be on a balcony and be cruising and having your hot coffee or tea and seeing the icebergs and like be a little chilly. I'm like, this is exciting. I'm like, this is so, I'm so into it. I know. I am too. And then she was telling us about, oh my gosh, some of the excursions Mm -hmm. with taking the train and bobsledding, whale watching. I mean, they're, oh my gosh, all of it. Like there's the kayaking and they do on the boat, the, um, the movies under the stars and all the stargazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then where we are, because the Northern lights, the, they come out in the middle of the night and, she said there's in Juno. like, yeah, in, in Juno. Juno. Mm-hmm. So like they, they, at like midnight that you would get like a call to come out and see the Northern lights from the, from the boat. Yeah. I know. So I think we're going to put all of- our manifesting powers in order to see that, you know, and have clear skies for that. Uh, I'm so excited. I just can't tell you how excited and given the messages from spirit Uh, we know we have some very talented people that love to Mm. listen to our podcast. So if we have any marketing geniuses out there, (laughs) yeah, we're open. We're open to conversation. Yes. Yes. We're growing our team. And so we're, we want like-minded people to be part of it. Yes. Yes. So yeah, that's what's new with us. (laughs) So exciting. I know. And so, so we'll get you all the details and information on it. And right. um, yeah, Christy's we, working on the website yep. now. So we're anticipating it all rolling out soon and plunking down deposits. And we're just going to have the best group. And so many people, Sarah, it's so many people's birthday. <laughs> Birthdays like, and bucket list adventures. Yeah, this yeah. would be a perfect birthday for me. This is perfect for my bucket list. And and some people that have been there before said it was one of the best things I've ever done. Yep, I want to do it again. So oh, again, cool. Again. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very excited. It is. So it was the right thing to do. So yeah, that's what's new with us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll for sure get all the details out because there's a lot of like intricacies that will make it um you guys will love it. That's good. I know. I know. <laughs> so is this the quirky insight? Part yeah. Now? Let's yeah. get into it. So the What's next new? normal, yeah. as I sat with myself and said, what is my next normal? Well, even though we just talked about all the things for me, it's really decidedly slowing down a bit. I mean, it's exactly, Sarah, why you and I decided not to stress ourselves to the max by trying to create this cruise for May, because we could have, we could have, but we were like, 
no, there's just really not enough time. Let's be kind. So with kindness to myself, I made the decision to move it forward, you know, to the War Alaskan cruise in August. And, you know, Ron and I had actually planned our first travel vacation since before COVID. We haven't gone um, internationally anywhere for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So we planned to go to Portugal. Oh, my gosh in the beginning of December last year. And we planned to go for 17 days. And we did this before we knew about our new cruise venture. Sarah. Mm, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I started feeling like, oh, my gosh, maybe I need to put our vacation on hold to make the May cruise happen. But I was like, no, no, my next normal is to identify I have worked so hard over the last two years with a bigger caseload than ever with everything going on with people. And I have got to take a break. I just have to. So this is my next normal, taking more breaks. And I'm so happy that I have a darling daughter that totally (laughs) agrees with less stress, more self-love and sees me being flexible is a sign of kindness to myself. <laughs> so thank you, dear. I really appreciate you and your <laughs> flexibility. Oh, I'm glad you are available for feedback. <laughs> I am. I know you, you do definitely have more work-life balance than I do. So well, I'm I listen. to sustain mom. It's the only way to sustain. Uh, if people yeah. saw what mom does in the work week, it is nuts. <laughs> it's wild, mom. I know. I know. All the You're things. such a hard worker. I know. I know. <laughs> this like bleeding advocate who wants to just like heal everybody. But sometimes <laughs> at the expense of your own, you know, stress. So I'm glad you're I taking know. breaks. That's a beautiful next normal. So what's your next normal, dear? <laughs> um, well, when I thought about it, I was thinking about what things were like before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking how, I, I mean, I, I've always had a pretty good work-life balance and I really, you know, I love that I have a private practice and um, make my own schedule, but it's always been hard for me that I've been stuck to my office in Longwood where I grew up and I never mm-hmm. actually thought I would be coming back to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's because it's wild to think that I'm in Longwood. <clears throat> and so, you know, back then, I don't know if you remember, but I remember doing a training right before the pandemic and I met somebody who was just, just went into fully telehealth therapy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, what, how is that possible? Is it even like, does it even really work? Is it effective? And it yeah. was very strange to like conceptualize it. Um, and then we went into lockdown, like mm-hmm. two weeks after I had this conversation and, you know, I was doing then virtual for three months fully, mm-hmm. you know, out mm-hmm. of my home office, everybody needed appointments, all old clients and new clients, you know, came through and I shifted into like an online, um, EHR system. So all my paperwork and intake forms were online. So that was something I'd always wanted to do. And then I got new clients who I only met virtually only did counseling with them virtually. Mm-hmm. And it was really good for me to see that it was as effective, if not more. Very viable. Right. I was, mm-hmm. It was such a good like, little experiment. And in that old time, I actually also did my own. I received my own coaching from uh, my NLP trainer up in Canada. And the only way to access surely is virtual. And mm-hmm. for myself as a client, I was like, this is great. I loved it. I popped in my earphones and I was fully dropped in. And I was at home and I was cozy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was good. So, you know, now my new normal is more of a hybrid, you know, I'm in the office part-time, I'm doing virtual part-time clients really have the option to flex in and out of virtual or in-person. But what it's really opened up is now this mindset that I have of options. Like it Mm -hmm. gives us like future dream space of like what I could do and you know, what offerings I could give online or how I can shift things and include more travel that I want to do and not just feel locked down to this one office in this one city (laughs) to only have a practice (laughs) because that's 
hard for me to really like think about forever in that office, you know? Right, right. And that's also the reason I started the Soul Learner membership when yeah. I saw how well virtual worked. It's like, okay, we can have a virtual learning community. Right. Why we started the podcast because right. people were loving listening, you know, to episodes and you and I could record virtually as well wherever yeah. we are. So it really, yeah, it opened up a whole different space for us. I think I'll always maintain like in-person connection, but this option for virtual is such a freeing mindset. It, it totally is. Yeah, it totally is. All right. So that's our normal. (laughs) And so let's, let's get into the show because I really, I think some of this is going to be so interesting for our listeners to hear. So, you know, actually it was the phrase, Sarah, now more than ever, that was the most searched on Google and used in 2020. But then it was the term new normal Mm -hmm. that was searched most since COVID-19. And that was used most in 2021 and in 2022, according to Google. So I know we created the episode to look at what the next normal will be in our lives, because We really think it's important, you know, as we've emerged from this pandemic to just take this moment and pause to ask, you know, what have we learned? And maybe in all of our best interests, maybe we don't want to return to pre-pandemic normal Mm -hmm. behaviors, Mm -hmm. which is the interesting part, I think. Yeah, maybe we don't. Maybe we can't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And as the U.S. continues to uh, reopen fully, you know, a return to the new normal actually seems within reach in a in some sense. But before we dive back into the 60, 80 hour work weeks and commutes, let's stop, pause, ask ourselves, was pre-pandemic, you know, quote unquote, normal in life, work and relationships or even some variation of it? one that we want to return to? Yeah, that's the big question. Because, you know, after a little more than two years of having this onslaught of a lot of bad news, a lot of crisis, both at home and around the world, I don't think anybody's coming out feeling unscathed, because this is what I hear so much from my clients. So, Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's important to take, you know, just a moment first to look at some of the stats to consider before the pandemic, because this is what I find so interesting. So these stats were from 2019. So the first one is three in five Americans, so that's 61%, reported feeling continuously lonely. This is before, pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. In 2019. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, more than half of U.S. workers reported being unhappy in their jobs. Yeah. And just over half of Americans, that's between the ages of 18 and 34, 51% of them said they did not have a steady romantic partner. Mm. Nine out of 10 workers that were surveyed said they would be willing to earn less earn less in exchange for more meaningful work. Right. Mm-hmm. And then another interesting stat is families spent only 37 minutes of quality time together per day and counter that with the three hours and 43 minutes that the average U.S. adult spent on screen time. Mm. Mm. I know. And now the last one's actually a positive statistic. Um, Mm -hmm. Divorce in America hit a record low in 2019. Mm. For every 1,000 marriages in the last year, only 14.9 ended in divorce, according to the census. And this is the lowest rate that we've seen in 50 years. I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So aside from the very last statistic, you know, after listening to the others, you know, are we sure we want to go back to any of this old norm? Hmm. You know, makes you wonder. I know. I mean, the COVID crisis, it really highlighted 
alienation, feeling isolated, and this longing for purpose that has characterized Americans in the 21st century. But the pandemic has also revealed that human beings are far more creative, generous, and unselfish than we give ourselves credit for. And it has revealed that we are really capable of change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what if we were to take advantage of having this new opportunity we might want to give to ourselves to step into this new way of working and creating and relating to others in the post-pandemic era? You know, what if instead of returning to normal, we just take this opportunity to reinvent the next normal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we can start to focus on the great reopening. (laughs) Maybe Mm -hmm. we can do more than just reopen stores and restaurants and travel and instead actually reopen our ways of thinking, our ways of being and working and new ways of relating. Yeah. Because, you know, old habits, we know this, right? We've talked about this a lot on episodes. They're hard to give up for a lot of people. So it's very easy to just kind of slip back own mindset that, you know, and I have, you know, this has been for me that favor being hyper productive is somehow a good thing. And somehow it's at the expense of humanity. So I think we need to shift our thinking from me to we. And one central way to do that is fostering more connection and having sustaining meaningful change. You know, and it's just not having that change by, you know, gritting through it. It's actually having hope. Hope is the main ingredient here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving away from that hustle culture. <laughs> yeah. Always got to yeah. hustle. Yeah. yeah. In a world that many people feel are feeling really chaotic with all the news and it just keeps rolling out, you know, it can make feeling helpless and easy default choice. Um, But hope, hope can be a deliberate choice that we choose to feel. And it's almost as as though we're choosing to stand up rather than shut down in the face of all these, you know, adversities. Mm -hmm. There's so much research out there that suggests that hope is the most viable and valuable resource we have to uplift us through times of challenge and change. It's really mm-hmm. like we, I mean, that's a huge part of therapy. Mm-hmm. Clients borrow hope, our hope for them until they feel yes. it for themselves. Yeah. How many times, Sarah, does somebody new come in and they tell you their story and they say, so tell me seriously, is there hope for me? I know. I mean, how many? They can't see know. it. Yeah. No, they can't see no. it. And boy, but you knowing because we see how people yeah. can shift and change. I mean, they take that, of course, there's hope for you. And oh, they take yeah. that with everything they have. Yeah, I know. So, you know, not only is hope good for you, but it, it's really a measurable skill that can be developed more with practice. And But there really is this distinction between being hopeful and having wishful thinking. Mm. So even though both mindsets accept that the future will be better in the present, it's hope that is the feeling that encompasses action. So it's then the belief that we have the power, right? Or they have the power to make the future better. Mm -hmm. A lot of agency in that. Yeah. Hopeful thinking means understanding that failures or misfortunes are temporary setbacks, right? And reframing them in a way that empowers us to reclaim our power and direct the course of our own lives. So to clarify, it's, you know, while wishing is passive, hope is active. Mm -hmm. And it's a sense of optimism that empowers us and can ripple outward to affect all areas of our lives. Hmm. So we wanted to give you some tips here. You know, how can you practice having more hopeful thinking in your own lives? So we came up with three ways, you know, for you to work on doing this. 
The first way is, you know, just editing your life down to having one or maybe two achievable intentions. So rather than heaping a lot more energy and, you know, making time intensive resolutions onto an already overflowing plate of things to do, it's limiting your focus to one or two very positive, very impactful intentions. And always making sure they're, you know, specific, they're achievable, but most importantly, making sure that they really excite you. You know, there's something that's going to add some very positive feelings to your daily life. And the intentions can be short or longer term, but It's the literature that on hope shows us over and over again that when you set one to three doable intentions a week tied to something meaningful you feel, that's when you keep your mind feeling expansive and your mood is elevated. You know, you're staying in the realm of possibility. Mm. So just as an example for myself, I keep an intention every week of thinking, how can I share my teachings on a broader (laughs) scale? Because it's that one-on-one-on-one, you know, that is, you know, it's hard. But when I keep that as an intention, that keeps me engaged to create this podcast there, to welcome people in the solar membership. And, and now it's connected with how I think about people being able to learn all about our newest adventure, you know, our soul journeys that we created so they can, they can learn that I can teach on a much broader scale. I think about, wasn't it, you got in uh, some messages from spirit that you had like the same vibration as mother Teresa. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and so yes. whenever I think about this, like you just want to heal the world, mom. I know. You're like, so like it just people had access to the information. They I would know. they would be in such a better place. How do I yeah. get them access to information? <laughs> I know. I know. It's very <laughs> It's so good. I know. It's my yeah. purpose in this lifetime. Uh, totally. It, it totally is my purpose. purpose. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next step, um, so to practice more hopeful thinking in your life is the next step is to shape time to keep your dream alive. So you are what you pay attention to, right? Where your energy mm-hmm. goes, what you focus on and your energy goes, that's what expands. Right. So if you spend your days bringing binge watching true crime shows, which so many of my clients do, or glued <laughs> to the news, you know, 24 seven, you're probably not going to have a very optimistic outlook on life. Uh, it's probably going to seep into your dreams at night, and disturb you. Mm-hmm. So you want to try to block out time in your week to dedicate time to your passion projects or intentions. You know, with our lives being busier and busier, the odds are that you won't do something unless it's scheduled into your calendar. <laughs> And so, you know, you want to keep track of your progress. And even if you just jot down notes on how you spend that time, being able to look back on your journey will show you how far you've come and give you that motivation to keep you forging ahead. And then as an added little bonus, hope can actually make us more productive. So when you set time aside for your dreams, it can also improve your work performance and your overall satisfaction as well. I know. I know. You know, it's so funny, right? With teachers in school, you know, what is one of the things they would correct students? Are you daydreaming? Are you looking out the window? That's right. Exactly. Are you in a different space? And who knew back then how productive that was? (laughs) I know. That's what a a lot of... my clients and friends who run their own businesses, they schedule in like creativity and play and dream time, like an hour, uh, you know, a couple hours a week here and there. I know. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So yes, the last step, you know, also to create hope and foster that in your life is to share your dream. So this is a piece that so many people don't do because it kind of feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. At first it's vulnerable. A lot of, yeah. It's vulnerable. 
but it's sharing your intentions with the right people that can have just win, win, win effects. It really, really can because you might be surprised to learn you're not alone and others really want to share in your journey, or they might have some good feedback for you to think about doing things other ways. I mean, I know when I share my dreams with those pivotal people in my life, you being such a pivotal person, (laughs) I love your feedback. It's always so valuable. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if they respectfully disagree, you know, or challenge your idea, that can still spark the cur- curiosity in you that fuels your own new quest. Mm-hmm. You know, studies show that these emotions encourage deeper learning and questioning than the than the simple immediate gratification of having just everybody jump on board and agree with you. Right, right. Because, you know, the creative dialogue that you spark by sharing your dreams can just give rise to new perspectives on, you know, what reality we're thinking. And then those new possibilities drive and motivate you even more. And plus, I think your dream is just infused with a lot of fresh life when other people are talking and paying attention to it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, don't you think that's what happened when you went into teach yoga? Because, you know, you do your one class each week and you were telling people that we pushed the cruise out from this May until August to go to Alaska. I mean, didn't you tell me the reaction was huge? Oh, it bubbled up. People were stoked. And they were, there was like a very much like this, um, like enthusiasm and optimism and it was people were on board yeah and it's yeah it's it's and it just becomes bigger and bigger doesn't it and it's like a chain reaction yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now then oh they had all these who would want to go this person this person and you know it's really interesting yeah So, you know, here we are in this world with, you know, again, as we talked in the beginning, you know, we do hear about so many worldly stressful Mm -hmm. things and we want to look at what the new normal would look like then, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the past, many people, you know, would tend to fall more into victim mindset or victim mode. And this might come from their homeostasis from their childhood growing up, you know, the feeling they knew best. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we know that the most stressful situations are those that are beyond our control. That's when all the anxiety and helplessness comes through. And that's what's happened the last couple of years with COVID. Right. And then, you know, there's also those people, maybe they don't feel victimized, but instead they feel very angry. You know, I saw a lot of anger over the last couple of years. And, you know, people can tend to be reluctant to give up their anger because it just makes them feel too vulnerable, you know, which is kind of an oxymoron, I think, you know, because if you to have a good relationship with somebody else does require vulnerability. So the Mm -hmm. very thing they're seeking, they're putting roadblocks in. They're Mm -hmm. self-sabotaging. Well, but you know, there are many ways of holding on to anger. And with one of the more common ones being that of taking on the world's suffering. Mm-hmm. So you can remain angry um, indefinitely because there is little you can do about most of it. Mm-hmm. You can only make a difference in your own, you know, sphere of influence. Right. Because just because you continue maybe to be upset about all these circumstances feeling beyond your control, what happens is it not only drains your energy, but if it's sustained, we know it translates into very unfavorable body chemistry with that higher chance of developing a serious illness or disease. I know. I still use that book all the time. The (laughs) Louise. Hey, Hey. I had a, I just had a client who he had not really been revealing how angry he has been, but told me he had some um, issues with his kidney coming up. And I was like, mm-hmm. let's look at it. And yep. no joke, unresolved anger. And he's like, I know I am so angry. And he told me all this stuff that he hasn't let go. And I was like, 
I know. Well, oh my gosh. That book is magic. I use it on a daily almost. I almost do that first thing. I'm like, so what's going on in your body this week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that can start such healing conversations for where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her book yeah, get you fabulous. out of the head and into the body in a different way of healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's right now, there's plenty of legit reasons to be upset or even enraged with, I mean, in this pandemic with the politics and racism and homelessness and lots of abuse inequalities. I mean, there's just, you know, there's a, wars and this list is endless which Mm. is kind of hard you know so which ones are you the most upset about i mean i know i have a few that i i get angry about right right i mean it's it's hard it's hard today um and so Depending upon what it is, I think it's really helpful to look at the past to try to get some inspiration in this area. You know, I taught in a master class in the membership about one book, and it was A Man's Search for Meaning mm-hmm. by Victor Frankel. Oh, I yeah. know. So, just for those that may not know it, he was an Austrian psychiatrist who survived World War II concentration camps. And he could find the meaning and purpose in the middle of such extreme suffering and even his own suffering. But he made a choice that he was going to thrive regardless of the incredible misery that, gosh, he was immersed in. And I think, you know, there's few people that could accomplish what he did, but he showed us what was possible. Because there's always the choice, right, of how do we want to deal with the daily adversarial situations that happen? You know, the cruelty of the world. How do we deal with that? And, you know, just to mention that, you know, many of the camp survivors that he was with didn't do well after their ordeal because of maybe severe PTSD and all of the things that were created. But he went on to having this brilliant career and was a prolific author. So, you know, we always talk about choice, you know, making the choice. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing book if anybody wants to, like, dive into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then it, you know, in this, no one is asking you to be happy about the extreme suffering experienced by many at the hands of others. And you don't, you don't have to accept it. But it is important to do whatever you can within your power to make the world a better place. And mentally taking on the totality of the misery of the world and remaining upset is a common way of remaining in that victim mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, your life energy is diminished. And then the net result is that you are not able to be a source of light for yourself or those close to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole history of the human race is, you know, it really is largely made up of such extreme suffering. I think we're over and over. I say this, we're so lucky to be alive in this modern time, even in spite of the ongoing challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we can get stuck. I see it all the time. People get stuck on what's wrong and then you're contributing to the world's collective suffering. Or you can make a choice to kind of step up and learn to enjoy our lives. And we can be the conduit for happiness. And I think it's a choice that we make multiple times every day (laughs) with all the input that, you know, we receive in the world. And again, I think that's why you and I talk about this so much in our episodes, you know, because Louise Hay was a master. She spoke clearly about if you're agitated for any perceived or legitimate reason, your body chemistry will be altered. Mm -hmm. And choosing to remain angry about these different situations that are beyond your control is a surefire way to remain upset. Mm -hmm. It creates a negative baseline perception of life and it makes it more difficult for you to find enjoyment, which is a physiological state of safety and is really the essence of healing mm-hmm. and so letting go of situations that you have no control over which i know is easier said than done you know 
But when Mm -hmm. you let go, it frees up a tremendous amount of energy for you to live a more fulfilled and pleasurable life. And then you're really able to contribute to the well-being of those close to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you knew this next piece, Sarah. I find this so fascinating. But did you know that as humans, our connection to one another isn't just metaphorical, but it's biological? So at this cellular level, we are tuned in to our family members, our coworkers, our strangers we meet, and people we see suffering on TV or hear about, even if they're thousands of miles away from us. And it's a process, it's actually called sociostasis. So it refers to how our nervous systems absorb and react to information, emotional states, and all of the vicarious experience of others. So, you know, it's that reason that when we're in distress, that the mere presence of having a loved one next to you has this immediate calming effect. Mm. So Always, interesting. Uh, I've never heard that as sociostatus. Stasis? Mm-hmm. Stasis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always heard it um, as, as co-regulation. Mm. which can go in either way, right? Regulate right. Lower or higher vibrations. Right. Yeah. 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 And just as, you know, love and hope are literally contagious. So are these other negative emotions of distress and fear and anxiety. It's very contagious. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're around somebody who is fearful <laughs> or anxious, you feel it. Yes. It, like, yes. it, it rocks you. <laughs> yep. And in this pandemic of like instability and our economic crisis and soaring gas prices, uh, <laughs> we become intimately linked to one another pain and it, and it's almost like a source of connection. And we're also subject to the media's, you know, conveyor belt of coverage of it just for months on end. And it blows into social media and it's exhausting and it can mm-hmm. make a lot of things feel really overwhelming and often allows you to feel uncomfortably just like numbed out. Right. I know. Because I think the reality is, you know, we just are kind of out of our depths and our capacity, gosh, trying to process the sheer volume uh, and breadth of how much tragedy and crisis that we're constantly exposed to. So I think the question is, how do we stay informed without Fearing the world is just this totally hopeless place. You know, how do we stay engaged and responsive without burning out or checking out? And how do we help those who are suffering while trying to balance your self-care? And how do we turn our awareness of issues into more tangible actions that, you know, help improve outcomes for our fellow humans and this planet we live on? That's the questions here. You know, could you run for 10 miles? <laughs> no. no. Maybe no. I, I, I can't can. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever could. You know, could you pick up a hundred pound stone? Nope. Maybe my brother could, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, most people though, without embarrassment, they would say no. Like, oh gosh, no. But people know how much is too much, right? In that really tangible form. And Mm -hmm. how much would hurt them. But what if you ask the same questions about emotional stress? Right. So we don't mean trauma, you know, such as someone young dying suddenly or being a victim of violent accidents or an assault. We're talking about stress in this sense is the normal life events that are, you know, pretty difficult still to cope with. But how much is too much? You know, once you surpass whatever limits you have internally, you know, you start suffering stress-related symptoms and they can turn into outright mental disorders, you know. So just like you said, can we, as we do with a hundred pound stone, know what is too much before we become overwhelmed? And if the answer is yes, then you can begin to assess stress and the effects on you. I usually know when I'm, when it's too much is when I find myself laying on the floor. <laughs> you lay I come on home floor? and I lay on my, you know, shag rug and I'm like, oh, 
Like, it's like it all just hit me. I know. Oh, that's I'm too much. <laughs> the weight is getting too much. Yeah, right, or so, I come home and I and I say to Ron, "Oh, I just can't talk right now." Yeah, I'm I'm pretty flooded. I just true. can't yeah, talk right true. now. Yeah, yeah. the inability yeah. to talk anymore. Yep. Yeah. Come to me Monday. <laughs> yeah, I said that same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and regardless of whether you're excited to pick up where you left off before the pandemic or you're hesitant to return to the hustle of the pre-COVID life, it's important that you take your mental well-being um, into account. And last year, the CDC they released data that showing that 40% of U.S. adults were struggling with their mental health during you know the COVID-19 pandemic. Normal will not be a magic cure, but it may alleviate some of the negative feelings you have had over the last year. So we're going to roll through six strategies that can help you really navigate this, uh, you know, the next normal. Right. So the first strategy is just being intentional about where you're at emotionally right now. Just being honest with yourself. You know, what are you feeling truly? Mm. Is it irritable or panicky or unmotivated or angry? Because those emotions are normal given all the changes we see in our daily lives over the past few months. But giving yourself permission to feel as you feel. And the important step is to identify the things that add to your stress and then set about finding things to bring you more peace. So remember that all the emotions I just mentioned, they have a very low vibration. So once you identify how you're feeling, make a choice on some higher vibrational energy feelings you want to shift to now. So maybe you're not going to jump straight from angry to happy, but you might shift from angry to frustration. And Mm -hmm. that's a higher vibration. And then you're on your way up. (laughs) I often say to clients, just we're just getting to okay. It doesn't have to be this like bliss and pure joy and happiness. Like what? It feels really good to be just okay and content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nice. Um, the next step or the next way is number two strategy is you can create a sanctuary and daily peaceful rituals. Mm-hmm. So maybe before work, uh, you use that time to focus on your mental health in a place that feels really safe and secure to you. You can have your morning coffee or tea on the porch or outside or just a cozy spot. You might listen to the birds or some soothing music, nature sounds. Um, when you're there, you might meditate, just focus on your breathing. Um, as you do, you could go outside and notice the trees and the flowers and just like get really present and grounded into the moment. You know, meditation can look a lot of different ways, but it's just like you getting into the moment. You might spend some uninterrupted time with your pet. Mm-hmm. Which is, I said I spoke to that at a when I taught a meditation class of like just if you're petting your pet, be with your pet. Don't be on your phone mm-hmm. and see how if you're taking a shower, just take a shower. You know, don't mm-hmm. think about everything else. Um, but these are all high vibration actions you're taking, which can translate to more satisfied and joyful feelings because you're fully present. Right. Yeah. Those are all such good ones. The third strategy is to remember the things that actually bring you joy and being grateful for that. I mean, we talk about how huge gratitude is because, again, it's easy sometimes to focus on things that are going wrong in the world or in your life. But, you know, being mindful. So just a small little activity at the end of each day, just take a moment to reflect on what happened that was good get a jar each day, maybe write one thing on a slip of paper, something that you're grateful for that came from that day. And when you're having one of those bad days, reach into the jar, grab one of the slips and read it. It's like, you know, I mean, my gosh, has this been said forever? Count your blessings, count your blessings. Literally, you can do that though at the end of each day, because what are you doing? You're setting forth the higher vibration. So good. Yeah. That's something that can be done uh, alone or with a partner or family too. So that's also nice mm-hmm. to share with others. Yeah. yeah. Next strategy is to limit your time when you're watching news. 
Mm. The news can be super helpful, but it can be also super stressful. It's so easy to get lost into the, you know, that's the endless amount of information. And there's so much through the news networks and internet, you know, but their main purpose is to obtain ratings. And ratings are driven by these like really big headlines and you can get really wrapped up into it. So I know for myself, I have, <laughs> I don't really watch the news and I limit that what's on my social media, but I have people who tell me when big things are happening. <laughs> and, uh, so I know to like, and I have a lot of, so then I say, you know, aware, or I listen to some specific podcast that, so when I really need to hear what's going on, but I choose when I see it versus like getting flooded in, in a black hole of the news. I know. And you know how little news that I listen to even less than you do. So actually when we eat lunch twice a week and on our walks, you're like, Oh mom, have you heard this? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Actually you, even though you limit it, you're my news person. Like, what did you say? What'd you say yesterday? Did you say, did you hear they're going to change, do the time change, eliminate oh, that? I was like, no, day. I haven't heard that. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, you're my news alert. Uh, well, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, that's a really catered news. Uh, no, I know. I'm such an empath that yeah. I feel it. Oh my gosh. I, well, I, I, I think you and yeah. I both hear a lot through our clients because they're processing a lot that they're feeling. Yes. 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 I hear enough of what I need to hear. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the next strategy is staying connected, you know, with family and friends and neighbors, even, you know, planning some fun, meaningful ways to connect with people, to have fun with others that fit into your life easily. I know, you know, walking Jake with other people with dogs is a nice way to stay connected or maybe planning a game night with your friends once a month or planning to meet someone for coffee or lunch here and there can be just the right level of connection for you without feeling stressful, right? That's like having that balance of how much Mm -hmm. is too much and how much isn't enough kind of thing. Like, yeah, because I've started to do that more. Yeah, let's, you know, let's meet for coffee. And even if it's friends far away, we can do it on FaceTime. And that's a break that's really, I'm grateful for. Oh, good job, mom. Yeah, yeah. The last strategy is to find ways to serve and help others. The Dalai Lama says that the root of happiness is altruism, the wish to be of service to others. So if you're in a position where you're able to help others in your community, take advantage of it. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be some big heroic, you know, act, but it could be this small random act of kindness that can be so meaningful. Mm -hmm. It's small. It's the small little moments that, you know, can really light up someone's day. I mean, I mean, clients come in and they, and they say, you know, oh, somebody said, you know, they really liked, you know, what I was wearing or they brought me a coffee or they said this nice thing and they commented on this. Like the small mm-hmm. things are so remembered. I know they really are. I know. And, you know, what about in this next normal, if we also talk about a little bit choosing to slow down? I mean, did you know that that's a spiritual principle, Sarah? Hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't think I knew that. Mm-hmm. It feels like it, right, with meditation. But slowing down goes hand in hand with silence because we can create a space for silence if we, we can't create a space for silence if we don't slow down. So we must create the space for divine guidance, creativity, and manifesting. We can't create that room in our lives if we don't take our foot off the gas, pull over, and just be for a while, right? We're human beings, not human doings. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, slowing down isn't that easy. I know I was conditioned growing up to view self-worth as being very productive. So if I was doing nothing that might feel a little bit like I wasn't as productive or it could feel to some like failure or it feels like a waste of time to sit and dream. Oh my gosh. So we're thinking of everything else that we could be doing instead, but 
you know, the key here is often doing nothing is what's going to lead you to your best something. <laughs> your best something. And that was a little nugget that I know a lot of people felt during the pandemic is they had a forced pause. Yes. Right. Yes. And that part of it allowed people to be like, oh, slowing down feels really good. No more social obligations. No more having to do all these things. I'm just like being. Yeah. Yeah. And do we treat each day as a gift? Even the worst days allow some opportunities for us to work on our soul lessons. There's mm-hmm. everything that is negative that shows up does, I do believe, present for a positive purpose in our life. And some of the hardest things are so perfect for us to work <laughs> on our soul lessons of patience or forgiveness or unconditional self-love and acceptance. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I know. Thank Lots you. Opportunities. Yeah. I mean, sometimes things present and I hear myself, I, I literally say out loud, oh, thanks so much for this opportunity to work on yet another soul lesson. Oh, and I you. really do mean it because I know it's for a purpose. I know mm. maybe God or the universe or, you know, there's something they've been trying to tell me. And if I slow down, I pay attention to that, then maybe it's something that, you know, that I need to learn more in a moment of silence and slowness, slowing down. But, you know, it's something that needs my undivided attention. And it's that little something in the moment of nothing that can just change everything. I mean, you can't hear what your intuition is trying to tell you in a noisy space. You can't hear it. Yeah. Living in a space of distraction, right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's scary. It's really vulnerable to get and to sit and hear it. And so maybe could this be the new normal? Mm-hmm. The slowing down, the being in silence, making slowness and silence a part of your inner life where mm-hmm. you're focused on compassion and grace for everybody. You're focused not so much on yourself, but on the collective needs of having less of the noise and the stress and the anxiety. And we need to learn to trust that everything is presenting exactly as it needs to present. Mm -hmm. And that might be the most important something for us to learn in this next new normal. Right. Right. So much to think about, isn't there? So much to think about. So I think it's time to slow down <laughs> and say the affirmation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, go for it. Yeah, I think it's time for the affirmation. Short and sweet. I'm safe. I'm alive. And I can move through this. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm it is. safe. I'm alive. And I can move through this. Yeah. Empowering, right? That moves you into an empowerment space. Yeah. Well, let's see what uh, the angels have to say. What deck are you using today, Sarah? The magical messages from the fairies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I know. I always just pull one that I'm drawn to. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned before, this is a space where you get to kind of tap into your inner knowing so this is the perfect t- place to pause and take the silence so that can be helpful to close your eyes and as you breathe or maybe if you're driving just feel yourself you know hands on the wheel if you're walking notice the steps as you're moving forward and wherever you are take a grounding breath as you tap within to your intuition and knowing and as you do ask your unconscious mind what number card is yours today number one two or three and the first number you see or hear or intuit is the card for you. All right, fairies. Let's see. Number one, new career. Your work focus is shifting into a positive, new, and successful direction. Card number two, daughter. The answer to your question involves your daughter. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Card number three, ask for what you want. Let the universe oh. and other people know what you need, mom. <laughs> that was mine. 
ask for what you want. I love that. Mm-hmm. I know. That's Let so them know. Good. Speak it out. Be clear. Hmm. So maybe everybody can decide what you want your next normal to be. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Shoot us a text. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to think about because then you can take the time to get quiet and then you can really drop into what you want to manifest. I know. And remember that hope is an action. Hope is an action step. Right. And then yeah. hopefully in the next two weeks before our hopefully. next episode, <laughs> you're going to see our new website, Soul Journeys Retreats. That's right. Yes. And you'll be able to read all about Alaska in August. Who knows? Maybe we'll be having signups <laughs> be available then. Hopefully. I know. I can't wait. It'll be so I good. Know. I know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm so for it. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, everybody have a beautiful Monday. If you like what you heard, totally. You can um, give us a five-star review and rating. Um, and that is how people find it a little bit easier. Yes. And we so appreciate you taking the time to be with us. So appreciate that this is your next normal is listening to us. <laughs> we really appreciate Yeah, it. I know. Some people have binged this and said the news. So that's probably I know. good. I know. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, everybody. Have Thank a great you. Day. Bye-bye.